0: You are listening to a White Phosphorus Pictures Podcast. (laughs) under the night sky from the edge of an undisclosed jungle on the Gulf of Mexico. I'm Christopher Garitano, your voice in the night. For the next hour, allow me to be your guide into the bizarre unknown, the fantastic macabre. And together, we'll journey to that borderland between fiction and reality. A place beyond all rational explanation. We are now off to the witch. You go home. Oh. This is your home. You're dead. Dead? <laughs> no. Oh, I, I just hurt my back. I'm not dead. What are you then? I don't know. <laughs> is this happening? What is happening? Get me out of here. There is no out of here. That was a scene from the 1990 motion picture, Jacob's Ladder, by director Adrian Lyne. It's a complex tale of death, war, military experiments, and an odyssey into the darkest night of the soul. In our previous chapter, I compared the story of the movie's main character, Jacob Singer, to the extraordinary and often horrifying experiences of real-life soldier Abe Sias. If you haven't already, I urge you to listen to part one before you go any further. And for the rest of you, stay tuned, and I'll return after this commercial break. After these messages, will be right back. You are listening to the Off to the Witch podcast, where we explore that bizarre borderline between fiction and reality and all subjects arcane. Journey over to my YouTube channel and subscribe now at youtube.com slash at Off to the Witch for a variety of extras and special features, including the Off to the Witch mini-docs with further insights on many of the latest episodes as well as previews and behind the scenes of my forthcoming investigative series, Off to the Witch Presents, as well as the anniversary edition of my motion picture documentary, Montauk Chronicles. And follow us on social media all links are available at linktree.com slash 7 G-A-R-E-T-A-N-O-7, and stay tuned for more Off to the Witch. Every day, Jacob
1: Singer goes to work.
0: What's wrong? Uh, It's one of those days. And every day, he wonders what is happening to him. Maybe it's the pressure, Jake. They're like demons, just They
1: weren't human. What were they, Jake?
0: Can we look at your hand. Yeah, you a very strange line. See, according to this, you're already dead.
1: Something's wrong, Jake. They're coming after. I don't know who they are or what they are, but they're going to get me, and I'm scared, Jake. I've seen them, too.
0: Maybe the demons are real.
1: He's running 106 feet. This, ah!
0: this is Bob Barry. I can get rid of the demons. Who are you? I can block the ladder. Where are, you? Where are you taking me? Where am I? Where do you want to go? Home. This is your home, you're dead. I'm not dead. What are you then? I'm alive. back to Off to the Witch. I'm your host, Christopher Garitano, and tonight's guest, Abe C.S. returns to tell us his odyssey through a personal hell that's tantamount to the story in the motion picture, Jacob's Ladder. Government experiments on unsuspecting military subjects, strange visions, and demons lurking in the shadows. So here's my interview, and the conclusion, at least for now, to the story of Abe CS. Uh, I know we left off last time, like I said, what happened in the doctor's office, but you have a whole, uh, you have volumes of things that happened after that. Can you um, take me to what happened at that time and then lead me through again if, you know, and however you want to do it, whatever you're comfortable with. I'm, fu- you know, I'm fine with that, but whatever you want to tell me, I'm open to what happened after. After the doctor's office, uh, the doctor's appointments. Uh
1: Yes, uh, well, uh, what happened uh, after the doctor's appointments, I've been to a lot of doctors, but there are a lot of the events, and I think I talked about some of them, was where uh, there was people that were dressed in black following me through the VA everywhere I went to. I don't know if they were doing that because uh, they see me as a dangerous person or maybe they know where I've been in combat. But uh, apparently, you know, if they're following me around, they, they have to know something about me in order to have like four or five people following me around uh, and some people that are like undercover uh, follow me around within the, within the VA hospital. So that happened like almost every time I would go to the VA where I was running into these people that would ask me certain questions out of the blue and I'd never seen them before in my life, but it's kind of like they were following me around. Another was a couple of times where the doctors were hit, like a red button that's underneath the table it's kind of like they would uh see if they could uh, provoke me and get me upset. So, if I, you know, I have problems hearing sometimes, and that's why my voice sounds loud because of all the booms from the tank. So, it's kind of like when they would hit that red button, I, I knew because security would show up, you know. <laughs> security would show up, and they were like, is everything okay? And all this stuff. And it's like, and I'll be like, "Why? What are they doing here in my
0: appointment? You know, because I was there for an appointment." Did they see you as a threat? Was that in the paper? As you know, were they worried about you when you I, were there?
1: I, yes, I believe so. I believe so, hundred uh, percent. It's kind of like they 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 knew they, they already knew in advance that I what well, I was going to go to an appointment. So there were signs that I would play games with them back because I didn't want them to to be following me around because I would get tired of that. So what I would do, I, would, I would reschedule the appointment on purpose, you know, because I would get tired. But even when I reschedule it, they would show up, you know. Uh, there was one time I was eating breakfast and this guy just showed up right in front of me and he was wearing all kinds of badges from the from the VA and he, he was asking me all kinds of questions. And I think I spoke about that last time how he followed me out there and in, in, uh, out here in public and then I uh, went behind him, behind his vehicle, and I followed him all the way back to the VA. So he was—I had gone to an air appointment, and he—he he, he was following me. He it was—it's kind of like a stalking me, you know. So it's kind of like they know—they knew who who I was. Uh, I think they more, they
0: more—they know more than than what they're saying. Do you think? And I and I've read about this a lot. Like, do you think? one of their goals perhaps was to kind of use you as a, uh, an assassin and maybe they were priming you for that. Like, what do you think their observation of you and them following you around ultimately was? Well, they, they, know that you
1: could say I'm special, you know, uh, because of, you know, uh, since I'm close to God, you know, I've been blessed with like special abilities, uh, like, kind of like like, uh, like, uh, like a psychic. Uh, I remember before the war even happened that they woke me up out of my sleep up in uh, in fells. There was like the colonels and the lieutenants woke me up and they were asking me what my dream was about. And I was telling them that I could see burning tanks and I could see our tanks with certain numbers and certain uh, symbols. They were asking me about the symbols and I, I told them how they looked. So I gave them a you know, the, they were there and they were saying perfect fire commands that they never heard this fire fire commands before. So the next thing you know, as a month passed by, they start using all those fire commands, and then when we went to combat, the symbols that I had given them, the descriptions of the symbols that I that I seen in my dream, they used out there in Operation There's a storm. So I think they've been following me for a long time. They know that I'm I'm special. And uh, not just that, uh, when I got sent to King Daughters, I believe they tried to take me out. They sent me from the VA to King Daughters, but the higher power kept me here. Uh, To my understanding, I was uh, clinically dead for 20 minutes. And the only reason I found this out is because the doctor opened up the curtain and he had a smile on his face. He he took up running out of the room. You know, to make a long story short, uh, maybe you want to hear the story. One day, uh, is this doctor that took up running out of the room? To my understanding, he took his life. He committed suicide. But it's because when he opened the curtain, I was already clinically dead for twenty minutes. Now I was somewhere else spiritually, and I was able to come back to my body. I get. I believe I got blessed to come back and. He got scared, so he he, he, he ran, and I'm only sure if they've killed people before for the organs or whatever, that he knew that there was a higher power. Uh, the only reason I found out I was clinically dead for 20 minutes is because a couple of nurses were stalking me from that hospital that worked for the ICU room, uh, and they told me that there's no way in the world I should be alive, that I, that I should be dead, and the doctor should be alive.
0: So, their intention was to to murder you in other words yes yes
1: wow they did they, they did murder me that's the thing they murdered me, but the higher power got me back, and the one that got the die was you know when 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 somebody comes at you and the intention or is is death and and you have faith, you know it goes back seven times fold to the sender, and the seven fold since God blessed me to come back, it, it went back to the doctor, so he took his own life. Um, I had a, his brother, his brother uh, moved to, to my, he became my next door neighbor. I didn't even know he was his brother until later on. He revealed himself who he was, and he was blaming me for his brother's death. And I was like, how can you blame me? And I, I gave him the opportunity to say, okay, you blame me for your brother's death. Uh, in which they try to he tried to take me out, so I'm going to give you the opportunity to avenge your brother, but at the same time I got to avenge what they tried to do to me. Uh, next thing you know, he packed his stuff up and left. I never seen him again. I believe there was a lot of things that happened there. Um, how can you blame somebody that was in the ICU room with a blood clot in their left leg, right? And you're there because you're needing their medical assistance but then you die and god bless you to come back and the doctor takes his life or commits suicide and then they want to blame you for the doctor's death how is that
0: possible it seems like there are so many different double crosses going on in this situation and um i want to hear more stories before i start asking more questions cuz yeah. i you know i want to get down to after all this time because you're probably the best person to assess this entire web of deceit and and what their intentions were but i, I want i want to be able to, the audience to hear more first and so we're, so after that incident um was there ever a point where you felt you were being left alone because you were being followed you were being watched and monitored for a reason or many reasons what uh, Or what was the next major event that happened where you, you felt threatened? Because obviously you must have, throughout this time, felt very threatened.
1: Uh, there was a time when I was in an emergency room uh, with that blood clot in my left leg. And, uh, and it was at the Temple VA. And a nurse came in there. And I was waiting for my sister to show up. And this nurse came in and stuck an IV in me. She tried to break the IV, the needle in my arm. And I was trying to prevent her from doing that. And at the same time, you know, I was kind of like hallucinating some. And I was seeing the spirits of, of, of dead people in there. And she was trying to break the needle in my arm. And I grabbed her from the wrist so she wouldn't break it. And she was trying. And then I see my sister. And I said, my sister was here. You know, when you hear about, about black widows, uh, I believe she was a black widow nurse, and she was trying to break the needle in my arm. So I grabbed her from the wrist, and I was fighting her with uh, the little bit of strength I had. And when I said my sister was here, she turned around and took off real fast. And uh, and I was telling my sister that the the nurse was trying to break the needle in my arm. And she was looking, and I was I was trying to point to her where the nurse was, uh, but she left the
0: she left the see that uh the emergency room. So including this nurse. Yes. This was another attempt to to Take kill me. you. Yes, wow. sir. Um, there was numerous events like that that happened
1: to me. Like uh, I told you last time, the guy that the, the, the there was a guy that they lo- let loose intentionally from. I guess where the the people that have serious problems, he had a, supposedly he had escaped. Right, that's what they they try to tell me, but I know that they didn't. He didn't escape I believe they sent him my way to confront me you know I believe that were using him uh, to come up against me like a weapon and he was a big guy he, you know and he came up to me and stood right in, my, in front of my face uh, in the as a matter of fact we were in the VA it just happened in the in the pharmacy in the in the lobby of the pharmacy and he stood right in my face and he was just smiling looking at me. And he put his hand in front of me, and I grabbed it from his hand, and he started squeezing real, real tight. I could feel the strength. But then I, you know, uh, I trained, so I zoned out and I ignored what he was trying to do. So, you know, I used my love foundation, and I told him, "Hey, uh, this is what I told him: don't, don't fall, don't let him do, use you this way. You're better than this." It, I told him, "Escape," you know, and he let go. And he walked away from me real fast. When he, when he walked away from me real fast, then next thing you know, not even uh, 30 seconds, there's like six, seven security guards there looking for this guy. And they asked me, "Do, did do, do you see where this guy went to? And I didn't say nothing to him because I knew that they put him up to it. But this guy he left, I believe he escaped. He escaped a facility. Uh, they were using him to come up against me. He was a big guy, uh, African-American, uh, but I wasn't afraid of him. But I used my love foundations to tell him, escape, you know, don't let them use you this way. I knew, I knew that, that he was being used.
0: And, and, you know, the thing is for anybody, and I don't think much of my audience doubts this at all, but for anybody that does outside of that, You need to do a little research because there is quite a history of militaries, not only in the U.S., but around the world, using soldiers for everything from assassins to manipulating them for the purpose of a variety of warfare one way or another. And yes, there were psychic experiments and all kinds of things. So this, you know, Abe's experience is something to truly consider. And he has tons of details. Now, I've heard stories from people that wanted to get in on a bandwagon, and this isn't the guy. This is somebody who really experienced something. You can hear the difference. And, um, you know, this is a real dark odyssey you've been on, Abe.
1: Yes, I'll give an example. Uh, When I first was, one of the first times that I was there, like in 2004, 2005, waiting for my appointment in the lobby of the VA, I see a soldier or should I say, a veteran, walk into the restroom and he never comes out. So I'm sitting there waiting for an appointment. Next thing you know, you see janitors with like four buckets going to the restroom to put a a thing out there. I find out that the, the veteran that walked in there took his life, shot himself inside the restroom. After that happened, they tried to keep it a secret, but I knew that it happened because, you know, I was there. They kind of kept it kind of a secret because you never didn't even come out on the news, uh, but I knew that had happened. And when that happened, it's kind of like they changed the appearance of that of that section. They 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 made some elevators there, and they changed they changed the appearance of the restroom and everything. They redid everything. But uh, I witnessed that when the when the soldier came in there and took his life. Luckily, he didn't come in to try to take anybody else's life.
0: Do you feel that a lot of these gentlemen, especially guys who were in the military that have gone into places to shoot people, have been manipulated to do so?
1: Yes, I believe these programs that the the government has afterwards, like the PTSD programs and other programs that they have in, in place, is actually to manipulate. Uh, the individuals uh, with the medicines that they give them to take as part of the manipulation, or should I should say, the brainwashing to make them think it a certain way. A lot of those meds that they give them are, are suicidal. The side effects is suicide. So yes, there's a lot of manipulation there. Uh, so many people, be- so many veterans that are we've lost due to that kind of manipulation, and they'll cover it up swoop it underneath the rug real quick and especially the all, of, all the people that have died in the hospitals under the VA care or wherever they send them to that are affiliated with the VA that their mission is to take out the soldiers because we are expendable we're expendable in the military and we're replaceable so they really don't care about the, the veterans Welfare afterwards, they would rather see us. I know when I would go to appointments, they uh, always tell me, you're still alive. You're still here. <laughs> you know? And I was like, I don't say nothing to them, but I already know what their goal is, is try to eliminate as many people as possible. Uh, uh, what I mean by that is veterans.
0: When do you think this evil force, because I mean, this is just pure evil and deception, uh, took hold of the military or was it always that way? I believe it's always been this way. Um, I've, I've
1: had people before me that, that uh, my, my godfathers that were in World War One, World War II, they were always telling me never give up, and also they I always telling me never trust nobody. So they was telling me never give up and don't trust nobody. That's one of the reasons I joined the military, but then when I joined, I noticed the deception, you know, when they say we're all the same because we're in the same uniform, that's not correct. Uh, everybody's got their, everybody's got their own background. Everybody's got their own up upraising, and there's a lot of uh, racism within the military, which I believe they use that to camouflage what they do. You know, they want they want to put focus on everything else besides of what the government does. You know, and and, and and they like to like like I say, uh, brainwash people. Uh, they try to brainwash me when I was in basic training. That didn't work. They would get mad because they couldn't. You know, uh, I heard have been through a lot, and I would train since I was around 15, 16 years old. I would train my senses spiritually. You know, go train before I joined the military, so I could see what they were trying to do. I didn't let them. You know, I figure. I know they tried to train you to be a, a soldier, but at the same time, you gotta follow your own instincts, right? You can't give somebody the full control to have full manipulation, full control over you. That if they tell you to jump, you're gonna jump just because they say that, you know. So I never gave them that full manipulation control that way, you know. I, I still have my own way of thinking and. I react to what I think is right for me. And I think that was a difference between me and a lot of the soldiers over there. Uh, They tried to install fear using the the fear tactics, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't afraid. You know, it just, I knew that I just had to survive basic in order for me to go to my my duty station and stuff like that. Uh, But even then, I I knew how how it was. There was a lot of mind control, manipulation. I believe that's what how military is, you know. That's why you hear all these things happening after people get out of the military. Well, um, you you know they they trying to train us to be a a, a soldier that's going to follow orders and to be an, a soldier of combat. You know, especially like the MOS I was in. I was a M1. I was a 19 kilo, uh, 19 kilo one, 19 kilo two, Abrams tanker. So. If they call somebody, there's a war, ground war, they'll call us first because we're in the tank. So we'll be out there with the infantry, but uh, we're trained to, you could say, to kill.
0: Well, that I mean, you know, I guess the general thing they put in front of you, obviously, is what we all know, is that they train the military to defend the country in war, but there is a lot more to it. And I wonder... You know, what would you say to somebody who's aspiring to be uh, a soldier or a Marine or in any other branch, uh, even military intelligence, and they're unaware of some of the deception that's within? Well, if you were to have a conversation with them now, what would you explain?
1: Well, I've, I've had conversations with some some soldiers like that that come from wars, and they're in, in the I call it the lock mode in which the, the mentality is still in combat. So I've run into people that came back from the New Iraq War uh, when I was at a bar one time, and this guy, the soldier was with four other soldiers, and he came at me, and he was like in war, war mode still, and he told me that he could kick my, my ass, you know, excuse my language, that he could do this, and I told him, "Why would you do that? I'm I'm one of you, you know. I used to be in the military... And I was in Operation Desert Storm. So he goes and talks to his friends and comes back. And he tells me, I I can kick your ass and I can kick it right now. And I I said, how come you go talk to your buddies and come back to me? You know, you got something to say to me. Tell me in my face that I'm just letting you know that I'm not afraid of you. You know, I know what you're going through because I've I've been there. So I'll I'll tell him, how about this? So how about me and you go outside and you're going to find out who I am? We can do that. You can take out whatever aggressions you want to take out of me because of what you see in they're done. Or I could take it out on you where I've been and what I've done. Or how about we just grab a beer and drink a beer and we just say we're we do what we had to do and we leave it at that. He went over to talk to us, came back and he said we we'll just drink a beer <laughs> and we drank a beer and we left it at that, you know. Sometimes you have to to understand uh, how the lock mode is, you know, because there's a lot of people that come with that. They're, they're still in combat mode and, and their guards are up, and especially coming back from, from combat. The guards are up there in the offense of their defensive. I, we call it recon on one in the military, which means you're ready to go. You're, you're locked and loaded and you're ready to go. And there's a lot of soldiers that come back from combat that way. And those that have served the been in combat would understand this, but the, the normal population of civilization or civilians wouldn't understand the, the lock mode of what I'm talking about because you got to think about it. A lot of the soldiers that go and come back, they still got to be on that because they can be called at any given time to go back out there in a the combat environment. So they have to be a wreck of, they're literally a wreck of one all the time. It, it happens to me also when... I feel threatened, or I feel there's a situation that's arising, like what happens to the VA. VA I go into on one mode. You know, the doctors, the doctors tell me sometimes, "How come you don't trust nobody? Uh, how come you're like this? How come you're like that?" You know, and I just, I just don't say nothing to them. You know, but I, when they tell me that, it's because I question everything. You know, when you, when you've, when you've been through what I've been through in the VA, you don't there's no trust there. You know, the trust issue is out of the window because they literally try to take you out. So there's no trust at all, you know. Uh, But for those that are serving, I would say train to what they teach you to train, but at the same time, don't be gullible and do what's right for you. Uh, I know sometimes you'll be uh, stuck in, in situations where you have to follow orders. So do the right thing. You know, Do what's right for you. Uh, I understand you're in a combat environment. You know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to whatever you train, you become first in nature. And there's going to be a time when you're not going to be in a combat environment. Uh, I say to you, uh, try to find some inner peace within you because if you get, stay in Redcon 1 too long, that's where the manipulation happens. And it can affect you for the rest of your lives because retcon is literally a spiritual opening for negativity to spiritually attack you. Because rec- when you're retcon mode, what, what is retcon is It means you're ready to kill uh, when you're placed in a combat environment. So you're you, you on one mode all the time where that's also a spiritual opening for other forces to attack you because
0: you're leaving your foundation open. And that's what happens. From a spiritual standpoint, what do you think is truly happening behind the curtain? Because outright, obviously, there's a lot of deception, and there are a variety of manipulations going on for different reasons for for yeah, power. Yes. Yeah,
1: there, there's a lot of demonic forces behind this, brother. And like I said, I believe uh, I shared the story where the chaplain, they said he was a chaplain. He wasn't a chaplain, but he knew my grandfather. I believe that was demonic. Uh, and they're, they're there all these demonic forces are there within the government because the opening, the spiritual opening is there Uh, because the way we train when you train for offense and defense and it's to survive when it's about survival it's about you got to do what you got to do and when you're placed in a combat situation you have to destroy the targets whether it's a vehicle or a person right so the spiritual opening is there because what you're trained to do is not to. I mean, sometimes people surrender, but if they don't surrender, you gotta either you take, you gotta take their lives, or they're gonna take your life. So if you want to live, you have to do what you gotta do. But there is, just, that's a spiritual opening. I believe many, many soldiers are being attacked. For example, those that are overseas in the in the Muslim world. They're being attacked by the djinn out there. That they're they're coming back to the states with the djinn. You know, I call a disembodied demonic nephilim, uh, but they get attached to them. You know, and they come to the states. They're acting different. They're not acting like their normal selves. You know, some some people, uh, some soldiers, they act different because they had to take a life. So, but there's some that haven't taken a life, but they get affected by the djinn, in which they come. It's kind of like a like a bondage or a possession in which they're different. The character characteristic is different because it's within them. So the only way for them to get free from that is through prayer. You know, you have to tie under in Jesus Christ's name. I see that a lot uh, within people here in the United States, where and the, and they haven't even been in combat. I see it where, I could, I could be at a restaurant and there could be a, a lady looking at me with her eyes rolled back white. <laughs> Literally rolled back white, looking at me, I know that what's within her is causing that her for her eyes to be rolled back white. So I start praying with them myself. Or if I have to tie by and rebuke it in Jesus Christ's name, they they get up and they take off because they don't want to get rebuked. So it's what's within them that's causing that, you know. Uh, when you hear you th- talk about suicides, I believe these demonic forces have a lot to do with that. Uh, it's through possession. You know whether you, people want to call it the people being bonded. You know, it's through spiritual openings. Spiritual openings of fear, of anger, of vengeance. Um, spiritual openings of you know of sins like drinking, uh, drugs. But those are the spiritual openings. that unseen forces use to attack a host or a body. Um. I know I got targeted big time in that nature, and I was fighting a physical and a spiritual battle, Uh, but I had the openings because of where I've been, what I had to do, but yes, it's it's very confusing when you're trying to find an answer, and you're being targeted from all angles, you know, it's kind of like, if you think one thing, I can understand just by being targeted by the VA or by the government is one thing, but imagine being targeted by the government, by which is something physical, and the people that are working for the government, and then you're getting targeted also by the spiritual aspect of it. You're being targeted by demons because the openings are there because you, you're getting attacked in a, in, a, in, a, in a physical way or mental way because they're coming at you in a negative way, so the opening is there for the spiritual side to come and attack also. So that's why I always talk about you have to maintain a love foundation. <laughs> I, t- I tell you, it's not a good feeling being attacked in that nature, but why would the government do that? It's because they know is it that they're going to do that on purpose or is it because they're
0: in allegiance a, a with the demonic forces? It makes you wonder. All right, that, was, that was going to be my next question is that at least the people higher up that are designing these things do they know are they aware of these forces that are underneath it
1: i believe 100 percent they do brother i believe a 100 percent that they do know about these forces they're in cahoots but at the same time these forces they know how to manipulate people and use people to come up against you in a negative way to find a spiritual opening they know how to to use people to come up against you you know they they it's, it's like this, they have the upper hand, know, when people talk about universal soldiers, you know, yeah, we could be some pretty bad, badass soldiers, but imagine this Unseen Forces that I talk about that the Watchers created, the the DDN, you know, when people said that the government created, is creating a, 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 a super soldier. No, I believe that super soldier was created a long time ago, which is the disembodied demonic Nephilim, or you want to call them the Nephilim, they're created by the Watchers. And they're here amongst us right now, in spiritual form because they're in disembodied form, and they're coming up against us at a daily basis, uh, attacking people spiritually. When you hear about people walking in, in the middle of the highway, you hear people jumping off the high off the bridge, or somebody runs their car into somebody. I believe that the super soldier of the past that was created by the fallen angels, with the watchers, is causing all this. You know. Uh, Like I said, they know how. I think they're the ones behind all this, you know. But at the same time, I believe the government has a lot to do with it, also because there's a lot of people within the government that are affiliated in that way, but believing in other things uh, besides Jesus Christ. Uh, If you think think about it, the government has tried so hard to get Jesus Jesus out of the picture. Am I correct? Uh, And also, they've Try to make things that are wrong right within our society. Why is that? Because I believe they're leaving the spiritual openings. Imagine the young ones that don't know Jesus Christ, and if they take Jesus Christ out of the picture, they're they're basically giving the people that are not believing in Jesus Christ to those unseen forces. So it's like easy pray for them. That's why uh, I created my group, spiritual encrypted encounters, to try to help out as many people as possible
0: spiritually. Do you think we're we're in the middle of a great spiritual battle right now? Yes, brother. We've been in a
1: in a in a, in a great spiritual battle for a very long time before even I was born. It's been happening from generation to generation. Uh, Sooner or later, it's going to come to a to a halt or to a, a a a an explosion where it's going to be a battle between good and evil, you know. And only only in due time that's going to unfold. It, it, but it's happening right now. We're losing a lot of people within society. You know, you got the missing four hundred one cases, and you mentioned a lot of a lot of people are getting taken out, and the ones that are winning of the people that get taken out in this manner is the sensing forces that they're gaining souls, you know, and that's what it's about. Uh, we have an opportunity to make it in the kingdom of heaven because we're children of God, anything that was fallen, right? Or those that believe in the fallen, they're never gonna make it into heaven because the fallen has already been casted down. But we, the children of God, have an opportunity to make it in the heaven. So that's the main goal is about our souls. I'm not gonna give up my soul to any kind of money or to anybody. Uh, So I I continue my faith and my belief in Jesus Christ and continue to do His works. And I've come up against this this D D N and people that come and tell me stop doing what you're doing, but I I still continue to do what I do because it wouldn't be for Jesus Christ I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't be here numerous times, but He has blessed me to be here. So I continue to do His His works, even though I've lost. People are loved uh, to the to the balance.
0: Uh, I continue to to fight the good fight. When was the moment that um, you know you you found your faith through the darkness? Right? Was it always there with you? You know, or or did you see? Because a lot of people that that have not peered into the abyss, they don't understand the reasoning for finding faith, and they need to understand that one thing. And again, I'm I'm speaking from a place of right now regardless of my own personal beliefs of neutrality, because I want the audience to understand that you're a man who has seen some extraordinary things and some very horrible things that most of them will never witness outside of fiction. So at what point was it that you you were seeking something beyond and that you really believe that there is a God and that there is something out there that's watching you and, and that, that cares for you?
1: The first time I started into the into the abyss, I was always, it's when I was, uh, I, I would say, one or two years old. I was always seeing darkness, darkness, and then I would see light. I would see darkness, darkness, I would see light. And as I grew, you know, it bothered me because I, it was this recording dream that I was always happening. Then one day I prayed to, to Jesus Christ to show me what this darkness was about. And then one day he showed me where the darkness, then I could see light. And when I seen the light, I could see the room, which is our room in our house, and I could see a belt buckle. And the only person that wore that belt buckle that I that I that I noticed was my father. I believe that my father was trying to suffocate me with a pillow, trying to take me out out of this world when I was a baby. That's the first time I witnessed, because I prayed to the Heavenly Father at an older age. The other time that I witnessed the abyss was uh, after a little league game. We went to a swimming pool, to a swimming pool party. I was in the water. Everybody, they say it's time to eat, but I stayed swimming in the water. I got some cramps on my on my legs and I a sunk all the way down to the bottom of the pool. And I was looking up to see if anybody was going to jump in to try to help me. But I couldn't move because I had some strong cramps. So as I was looking, uh, my sight went away and I was in the darkness. In the darkness, I was getting pulled to the left. And to the right, I could see this, this shadow figures pulling me from left to right, left to right, they're like they were trying to take me. So I was staying strong in the middle of the path that I was in. So then I prayed to Jesus Christ, and I said, I love my brothers and sisters. Uh, please give me a second chance. And when I said that, I could see a light. When I could see a light, uh, the, the shadow figures or shadow beings, they let me go. And next thing you know, I feel like something pushed me from underneath, and all I remember is I couldn't still couldn't see my vision. I couldn't see nothing. I could feel air on the tip of my fingers, and I made the motion of going inwards, swinging my arms inwards. And there was I grabbed somebody's neck, you know, and this person pulled me out of the water. Uh, And what was weird is this person was the only person that jumped in the pool. He hadn't that day his mom didn't like him eating anywhere so he got in the water and he was swimming on his back doing the backstroke when i grabbed him from the neck i believe jesus christ placed him there to help me out of the situation you know because that's how strong he is uh and he he put me out of the safety he didn't know what was going on he thought i was trying to drown him but he actually saved my life uh that's when i knew um, and made my my faith even stronger that I knew Jesus Christ existed.
0: And it's amazing too, because you know this is these is people for millennia that throughout centuries have felt this and believe this and have this deep faith. And for the people that don't, you know, it, I I believe those are the people who have not had. The experience you have, this this revelation, this true reasoning for belief, because many of the people that have, have really lived life. They've gone through some dark stuff, some crazy stuff, and it brought them here. It's something, even as an intellectual, you should consider, even if you're an atheist or whatever, you know that you should at least at the very least consider all of the credible people throughout history that have had this experience. And it, it is something to consider for a thinking person. And that's why I have issues with people who have no belief. You know, I'm like, well, obviously you're closed because you must consider all of these people throughout history, credible people that have experienced something extraordinary. It is not some kind of collective hallucination just because you didn't have the experience so
1: they're not battle people of a balance that belong they believe on the other side I faced witches warlocks uh, since I was a kid all the way up to now you know it still continues you know I've run into Buddha priestess and it's a, it's a, it's a constant battle they know who I am you know just like they know who I am I know what's who they are because I'm showing advance when I'm gonna face somebody spiritually so'm I'm already I'm already prepared spiritually for when the day comes. So when it comes, I'm not surprised at all because the heavenly father shows me what I'm facing, what I'm dealing with. And I already know exactly what I've got to do to overcome the situation, you know, uh, but the faith has always been with me. That's what the military don't understand is that, yeah, I might've worked for them when, when I took an oath, but I've always worked for Jesus Christ. I will always work for the higher power. That's what they couldn't understand. Uh, when I was placed against guys who were way bigger than me and they look at me, I was weighing 155 pounds. They would say, man, this guy's going to get beat up by this big guy. But they, what they didn't know is that Jesus Christ, the heavenly father would give me the strength of Hercules. He will give me this, the, the speed of a, of a cheetah. It was, and he controls time. So I had all that into, into my advantage in which, by the time you know it, the the person that's coming up against me in a negative way has already been defeated in a matter of seconds. So, is it really cheating, or is it because I had my faith and and God has my back? You
0: know. Now, this this raises some questions for me, that I want to ask what yes. your what your opinion is. Now, we're coming into a new age—really interesting, scary, terrifying, bizarre basically fiction becoming real. And it's that borderline between fiction and reality that I talk about at the intro of the show. So so I think many living people right now, and, and we'll live to see it because it's happening quickly, is that immortality is on the horizon in a way. You might be able to live 300 years. You might be able to regress your cells. Uh, you know, Harvard scientists are talking about it right now. It is a it is imminent. It's here. It's happening. They they did it with mice, and probably have already had human trials. Um, augment cyborgs, changing your perspective. Basically, the Matrix becoming real. What is your perspective on all of that stuff?
1: The perspective on that for me is this: uh, as I maintain my faith, uh, I know that if I make it into the kingdom of heaven, because the flesh is a flesh, and it's just temporarily. You know, sooner or later, that's going to go but it's how we build our spirit that matters, Uh, especially if we use the Love Foundation and we forgive. Our our spirit continues to live because it becomes everlasting and when we make it into the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, scientists can create whatever they want to create, but the ultimate creator is, of course, we all know who created mother, who is God. He controls everything. So it's not about what, Scientists can think they can create to co- go against God because they think that they're greater than God. God is a, the God is the one that has the final say. So you know about what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. Uh, that's that's what I what of what i witnessed. You know, especially when I faced some of these people that uh, witches, warlocks that come up being in a negative way, wishing death upon me. They're not here. Just like. The doctor, you know, you think about doctor, that's kind of like a scientist, am I correct? Because oh, yeah. Because the, they're the doing, like, with medical, it came at me in a negative way, and that individual is gone uh, because, you know, the Heavenly Father is my protector, my avenger. So it doesn't matter what, what the scientists think they can do or when somebody uses uh, the fear factor, like, for example, or the coronavirus, the fear factor. So these unseen forces that are around waiting to infiltrate and attack somebody. So people get scared and what happens? They get infiltrated by this unseen forces that are here of the balance of the Yang and they get spiritually attacked. And some people died, you know, and then imagine if they try to take me out, imagine how many people got taken out during the coronavirus in the hospitals. They got taken intentionally out by the hospitals like black widows or whatever you want to call them because that's what their job was to do. To depopulate, depopulate the population. There was a goal, and they accomplished that. Uh, the same goal that China was doing. I knew people that that lived in that town where supposedly the coronavirus broke, uh, had the break, break out. The reason I knew people from there is because I will buy minerals from individuals that were in that area, that lived in that town, and they will tell me, "Don't believe what the media is saying." Don't believe about the coronavirus just know that here we live our government has been taken out of people for a very long time and that's what they do they want to give the shots to people to take them out you know uh, that's what i was told by a person to live in the town where the coronavirus supposedly broke out
0: i i believe that 100 percent you know i was in uh i was in hong kong in 2013 First time I ever saw people walking around with masks within three days, I was deathly ill and I was told it was just because of the air pollution, but I had never had anything like that before. They had to get a doctor for me and everything. And, um, looking back in hindsight, there are a lot of clues that lead up to this was a major deception. It was done on purpose. And oh, yes, It originated there a hundred percent. They probably been doing it to their own people for years And um, whatever I had back then was probably one of those strains for for sure. And um, uh, a lot of this has been predicted in science fiction well before it ever happened. If you go back to, what was it, 1818, a 19-year-old Mary Shelley wrote a book called Frankenstein. Yes. That... Technology was not available back then in any way. So, what I believe is that all of these science fiction writers, going way back to that era and even before, are all modern prophets. And if you look through science fiction or horror, whatever you want to call it, uh, throughout the ages, you can see a roadmap to what is forthcoming for the most part. And a lot of it isn't that good. They're all warnings. Do you believe that a lot of these were kind of put in the minds of those writers as prophets to warn us? Well, I'm not going to say
1: as prophets, uh, but I'll say as, uh, so, like I said, sometimes people see things and sometimes certain things are placed in, in people to to create something in that nature. But if you've got to think about it, it has to do with horror. What's the opening there? What's the ultimate goal? The fear factor. What uses the fear factor to the best of his abilities? Demonic forces.
0: We'll be back. There are those who say that this quiet town holds many secrets Legend has it that beneath this very tower a dark force had its eyes set on the children
1: We were told that what was going on there was for the benefit of humanity
0: what would you say to the people who say, well, all these children were kidnapped and murdered and you were a part of it? What would you tell them? You I did approve of it. but There was nothing I could do about it. They wanted a large number of programmed boys to be used for mind control operations. And there are others who say it's still happening to this day. I don't
1: know, I for myself find it a little suspicious that all the evidence has been conveniently destroyed.
0: Let's put it this way.
1: If you're sitting there with 20 guns pointed at you, what are you going to do?
0: Whatever the hell they want! Watch Montauk Chronicles now for free on Tubi, Plex, Roku, and available for download on Amazon and Apple TV. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. Sure, sure. I mean, you could, you know, that is certainly one way. And there's some a very nihilistic, dark horror films out there for sure that have really no redeeming value. But some of them are great warnings. Like, for instance, like I said, um, you know, you could say The Terminator or you can say even Frankenstein, because the whole point of that was that was an abomination that this in the book that the creature was very intelligent and didn't really want to live. It was like, why did you even make me? I'm I'm horrible, you know, uh, is, and you now know. they're getting to the point where they can not only age regress us, but perhaps even resurrect. And everything from the monkey's paw to Pet cemetery seem to be warnings of not to do stuff like this. It, well, it doesn't yeah. seem to be good, in other words.
1: Yes. Uh, a lot of this, you know, is, is dealing with witchcraft and necromancy. You know, that's how they, they would do things through witchcraft and necromancy. Uh, imagine some of the things I don't even talk about. They don't talk about the abilities that some of the people that have lost their, they have sold their souls, the abilities that they have, they have the abilities to, uh, since they don't got no soul and they're, they're already given what was promised to them. They have the abilities to, to shapeshift, to change forms, uh, to, to call upon other forces from beyond to go cause havoc on people that they're targeting, you know, uh, I've witnessed that, but at the same time, you know, as I've grown, I, I noticed that so long you don't accept that, you know, you can fight it by taking authority over it, and as so, you, so long you maintain a love foundation and play Jesus, Jesus Christ first, or you went up in a situation when the threat is in front of you, all you got to do is take a take authority over you, I tie tie binary in Jesus Christ's name. And you'll see, I've, I've witnessed it where they're in werewolf form or what people want to call program form, looking straight at me, probably like 10 feet away from me. And I say, i tie a banner in Jesus Christ's name and they just disappear in a puff of smoke. <laughs> the, the reason they disappear because they flee, because they're demonic, you know, uh, I've witnessed these things. And the, what we've got to be careful to, brother, right now is there's a lot of people that I've witnessed, you know, you see a lot, a lot of TikToks where people are wearing costumes and they're portraying to be Big Fords or, or, or Dogman, but it's about the belief factor. So there's a lot of people deceiving a lot of people through the belief factor, and it's fear, you know, so that's a spiritual opening. Even by believing in it, you know, if you believe in that it's real, that's a spiritual opening, especially if it's a demon in disguise, you know, because they do have the abilities People might say, well, there's no way they have those abilities. Well, angels have the abilities to to be into human and be here on earth for days. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, when they came and warned, the individuals to leave because God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He tried to take his family. He couldn't take his family. The only person that went with them was his wife. But his wife, they, they were told not to turn back. Uh The wife turned back and she turned into into a pillar or like dirt, right, because of the the destruction that was caused in Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, But if if you think about it, you know, uh, a lot of things that are written within the Bible are true. Just people don't want to talk about it because I believe uh, there's a lot of deception going on right now where people... I don't. I'm not saying it's the people, but like there's a lot of hoaxers that they're pretending to be Bigfoots and 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 uh and uh Dogman. But there's they want to take Jesus Christ out of the picture. You're not going to be able to fight something if guy's these people that are dressed in the classroom are lucky that there's no people around with rifles thinking that it's a real Bigfoot or Dogman. That they're hunting because they would be dead right now, honestly. If because they're person in costume, if somebody would shoot at them, they would be dead, you know, it would be a dead person in a costume. Um, you've heard it where they try to shoot at people, uh, uh these beings that, that are disembodied or just try to say demonic, where they shot 20 rounds that are hunters and they shot 20 30 rounds and the mystery every bullet went right through them, and they're, they're still alive, uh, they didn't hit the target. It's because
0: they're in spirit form, you know. Uh, so do you believe that these creatures that people have seen over many years are not of the flesh? Are they something different?
1: They're not of the flesh, brother. They are from a different realm. I'll call it the, the hell realm, demonic realm. Uh, they're the same. Uh, they've been here for the, for a long time. Those, those are the, the universal soldiers I'm talking about. They were created by the washers. You know, I always have run-ins with them. You know, if anybody ever wants to to see or experience what I've experienced, I could take you to the locations. I don't even have to go too far because they're always around. Uh, but I just don't want nobody to get hurt uh, spiritually. So in order for me to take somebody, I would have to see how the person is as a, as a spiritual person because if they have spiritual openings, you know, I've seen, I've taken people to certain locations and they've gotten attacked spiritually in which they get the energy drain and I have to learn to carry them out of the woods because they got spiritually attacked. And I don't want, I don't want to cause no harm to no, nobody. That's why I make the videos. I, I figure I'll go into the areas, I'll get the, the evidence that I need, the spiritual evidence so people could see that what's out there so they can see if I could awaken them spiritually. They can see what's within my show wheels or my pictures so they can awaken spiritually. So they could start having a, a personal relationship with the Heavenly Father, forgive, maintain the love foundation. So he can bless them with the spiritual gifts, the discernment that he has blessed me with. So they can fight spiritually also, not just that, but for their next of kin,
0: you know. Now, you had all these experiences in, in the military. Yes. When you come back. It wasn't until you returned that you witnessed other things like some of the, the creatures that you're talking about. Can you tell me like the first time that you, you experienced that? Well, I've been
1: I've been witnessing this this beings for a very long time, but this is this isn't before the military. Spiritually I've always been spiritual. So I've been witnessing all my all my life, this D D. N that I call D D N this werewolf life werewolf like looking creatures, but To me, they're demonic. I've been witnessing them all life. But I noticed how it was they were in cahoots in some kind of way with the government when they started attacking me. I was being attacked by the government and by these beings back in... uh, It happened for a while, since 2002, 2003. Uh, It's been happening for a very long time. I've been fighting spiritually against both of them. (laughs) You know, when you have to pray... And I can't can't have anger in my heart. That's the thing. So every time I experience something negative from the VA, I have to say, I forgive you or, you know, a type of rebuke, whatever's trying to cause that because I can't leave a spiritual opening for myself to get spiritually attacked. So sometimes when people come at you in a negative way, you just have to ignore it or deflect it, not allow it to affect your mind or your heart. Um, That's what I would say to anybody. Uh is if you're going through something negative or you, you, you're arguing with somebody with your loved one, don't hate. Forgive right off the bat because you don't need to have a spiritual opening to get spiritually attacked. You've heard it where families have family feuds that last for years. Am I correct? Where where there's division for years because nobody wants to say I'm sorry. <laughs> It'll take uh, it'll take that much time to say I'm sorry to somebody. Sometimes you have to be the better person. And the reason I say I'm sorry sometimes to individuals is because I don't want to leave no spiritual opening. So I'll say I'm sorry to somebody in a heartbeat. I'll say I love you to somebody or God bless you to somebody. Especially if I'm I'm facing a, a, someone that has an unclean spirit in them or they're being used to come up as. In the negative way, when you say "I'm," or when you say "God bless you," or you say "I talk about you just but you say "God bless you" or "I love you," you see the show you the demeanor in the individual because whatever's there doesn't like when you say "God bless you" or "I love you." It leaves, you know. I've done that too. So, so in I'm other gonna...
0: words, you're saying that um, these kind of covert influences, for a lot of people, they don't realize it's happening, are brewing negativity for a reason. They want to pit us against each other. They want you to think bad. They want you to complain. They want vengeance on the mind at all times. Anger, yeah. Rick on one. Jealousy, right? Murder, um, stupidity. You know all of these things that work against us.
1: Lying, you see that uh, lying, uh, making false claims. You got a lot of stolen valor out there. You got uh, a lot of fake stories out there. All that is deceit. You know that's from this these unseen forces that want people to believe in lies. Something just like a government wants us to to believe wrong is right. You know, those are spiritual openings.
0: You know, it's so. In other words, okay. And this is an interesting story. Remember the the movie critic Robert Roger Ebert. Remember him? Yes. Okay. So it was the day he passed away. And his favorite movie was the movie Dark City. And it was literally about these kind of demonic aliens deceiving human beings on this prison planet. Yes. That was his favorite movie, like modern movie. And um, the day he died, he was sitting on the edge of his bed and he couldn't speak because his jaw was removed, but he had a device that he could speak through. And he said, I'm just going to sit here for a minute to his wife. Mm -hmm. He laid back and she said, I think he was... Just going to meditate for a second, and then we were going to leave as normal. And he opened his eyes. He put a message in that said, "We're living one great hoax." And then he closed his eyes, and he died. Do you think he was aware of what you and I are talking about right now?
1: Oh yes, I'm more really sure that that he knew uh, what's going on. If he was spiritually gifted, he, he but that was his job to you know thrill in the audience. For the views, you know, for because of, of the ratings to, to to watch a movie, he knew. I believe he somewhere within him. But you see, everybody chooses how they want to live their lives. You know, I believe he might have been spiritually gifted, but he chose to be a cri- a, a critic instead, right? That so was he doing good works. I mean, yeah, he was giving ratings for movies, but was it was he really doing the works that he was blessed to do? Uh, but I believe he knew. Uh, what what the real deal is and i'm more sure some of those movies you know uh they're they're being uh, i should say made through a different source you know to find spiritual openings
0: yeah i mean you know dark city is is a great movie um i mean for me as a movie maker i you know i love it i love the way it's made yes Uh, and i wasn't a big fan of roger ebert you know, in particular, but I did appreciate that the, he was a film historian where a lot of so-called movie critics of today don't yes. they know nothing about movies, but they want to talk about them. And it's like, um, you know, that kind of quality is gone, but it's what he witnessed was really interesting to me as a man who really loved Dark City and, it's, and conceptually as much as it was a movie. Yes. And I think he was onto something. And, I mean, you know, The Matrix and many other movies, uh, They Live, have all kind of shown this to us. Even uh, way back in the 80s with V, you know, I'm sure you remember that. Yes, uh,
1: with uh, the guy that played Freddy Cougar. Right, uh, right. He was in that movie.
0: Right. Uh, v with the
1: reptilians.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you think a lot of this stuff is real, like, that a lot of this is really portraying? Yeah, I've, I've witnessed a
1: lot of things. Uh uh, back in in the Rio Grande Valley where I come from in South Texas, right, right now I think they believe uh, built like a NASA or whatever they, they they send a rocket up into supposedly into the atmosphere. But I witness a lot of activity over there, like reptilian activity when I was growing up. Uh, UFOs flying in the sky, breaking the sun barrier. Back in the 70s, uh, we had an experience with this supposedly this this big bird that was attacking people. Uh, I know I got scratched in the face by, by something that was mimicking uh, my grandmother's voice. They called me to the window one evening. When I got close to the screen window, the screen window got ripped off. I got hit in the face and I flew back. I was bleeding from my face. I had scratches, uh, like on my on my skull all the way up to my eyeball. I remember going to school with it, and my mother had told me, "Don't tell anybody what happened." But after that, you know, people started getting attacked by this giant supposedly bird. But I believe it was uh, something demonic, you know, because birds are not going to talk to you. They're not going to mimic your your grandmother's voice. You know, I believe uh, this 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 bird that was taught, this happened in 1974, 1975 in the real Grande Valley, uh, where cows were, were being found on top of poles and uh Animals and and cows were being found with no blood in their bodies. Uh, Some people got attacked by this giant supposedly bird, you know. It happened for for a while there in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, But then all of a sudden, everything stopped. But all that was happening at the same time that, you know, when you think about animals without blood, you could think about vampires. You could think about the chupacabra. But then you, you have UFOs being seen breaking the sun barrier at the same time. And then people being attacked by this giant bird, you know. It's kind of like, did a, a portal open? Was there a test by the government that something in the nature happened? Or was it something that was out of the demonic realm that they have so many abilities, you know, to to make, be able to make people see something so they can believe in it, you know. Uh, but it happened in the 70s. I witnessed that in, in, in South Texas. But yeah, I believe the, the reptilians that I witnessed was uh, oh, man, it happened when my grandmother passed away. Uh, I remember the, the, the doors open in the funeral home, and it's kind of like time was being controlled by whatever came in the door. And everybody that was in the funeral home was frozen like they couldn't move, like time stopped. And I, I turned my head and I was able to see uh, two tall figures, uh, with black, like black, uh, robes with hoods. And there was one in the middle that was crawling in the floor, moving like a snake. It went up to the, to my grandmother's coffin and they were saying something in a different language. And then they, when they left, they went backwards. And As soon as it went backwards and the doors closed, everything came back to normal. So yes. Uh, I believe that they could have been reptilians, or they could have been something demonic. You know, uh, I was—I was, I was uh, at that time, I was like around ten, eleven years old when I witnessed this, and I, I told my mom, "What was that? Did you see what happened?" And she didn't know what I was talking about. You know, then the same thing happened at church when the the, the father was giving her, her last rites and stuff like that up there. You know, before we take her to the burial ground. The same thing happened, the, the doors of the church opened, and the, the same entities came in. They went up there, they were saying something, they walked backwards. And the door shut, when the door shut, everything went back to full motion. So what was that? That controls time, you know, that can, can make everybody freeze and not move. But they're able to move within, that. they're able, they have the ability to move within the time gap when there's no time. That's what the only thing that it's kind of like a time warp, you know, where there's no time, you're not moving, so there's really no time ticking, but they're able to move within that. Imagine that that they're able to move control
0: time, but move within time. You know, and, and that's really mm-hmm. interesting because again, that's a concept that was in Dark City and um, you know many other movies, and that's that's what I'm saying. It's is is the truth in our collective unconscious, and we utilize or we speak to each other because we, we see snippets of it in our imagination. Is it possible that we're picking up on the truth and we are now illustrating it as movies and story? Yeah, I
1: believe so. I believe uh, people hear like your podcast or they hear my story and say, hey, that sounds like a good movie, like a good, to be a good movie, let's, let's make it, make it into a movie. They hear our, our experiences or encounters and it becomes a movie all of a sudden, you know? Uh, I believe that's what's happened, you know, uh, when you hear about uh, who was uh, the Warrens, you know, of their experiences when they're doing exorcisms and stuff like that. So now you have Annabelle and the nun dealing with the Warrens, you know, or well, I think they're dealing, they were part of the Amityville horror. You know, you hear that, you know, and they, and, and they make movies from what they've experienced. But I like sharing my experiences because I want to awaken my brother and sisters spiritually, not just my brother and sisters, but everybody, even, even to those that I serve within the military. That I, I want them to take their lives back, not to be controlled by by the government or from anything that's unseen. I want them to know that there are somebody that they are unique. There was some someone before they joined the military, and there's still someone right now. Uh, they just have to break free from the mind control of that. And from anything negative, you have to break free. They have to take authority over that and rebuke it in Jesus Christ's name. To When you hear about uh, negative seeds being planted, you heard that term. When those negative seeds are planted, you know, it, it, it uh, guides you the wrong way from your path or life. Well, it's time for, for, for all these brothers and sisters to get back Unplug all those negative seeds and get back on the right path and awaken, you know,
0: if you were to explain all of this, because I guess it requires them to believe first before they can heal, (laughs) you know? Yes. um, What would, I guess, you know, how, how would you explain it? Would you tell them to take a step back for a moment and, and, how would they realize it if they haven't experienced any, any of the profound moments? Cause a lot of, for most people, it's covert. It's happening behind the curtain for anyone that hasn't really experienced those profound moments of that, that inspired your revelation. What would you tell them to do? The first thing I will tell them to do is this
1: forgive when you forgive there's no hatred, you have unforgiveness, yeah, uh, there's no unforgiveness. So in the spiritual aspect, when you forgive, that's part of love. It makes your love pure 100% pure in which that's what Jesus Christ would do. So you become closer to Jesus Christ, which you will have a relationship with them just by forgiving truthfully from your heart. You have to be, it's gotta be done truthfully. Once that happens, he blesses you with a spiritual spiritual gift of discernment, in which that's what guides you spiritually, lets you know the what's part of the yin, what's part of the yang, what's good, what's bad, because you're going to be spiritually gifted in that manner to be able to tell. That's what I will want you to do: is forgive, uh, and when you do that, then the 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 blessings come even more because you're, you, you, you're able to see and remember things that you might've forgotten. And, and as you remember, you're going to say, Oh, this, is what this happened, this is why this happened. And he's going to show you, he's going to awaken you and he's going to guide you the right direction. But you have to have faith. And for those that do not have faith, it's never too, too late to, to have faith. Uh, you, you, you can have a spiritual re- a, a relationship with Jesus Christ and he will guide you. You know, it's never too late for anybody to change their ways. But that's what I would say is forgive. You know, that is that is the number one thing that I had to do when I was being spiritually attacked. You know, I was going through with the government, with the Sunset Forces. All the things that were happening to me in Elms Grove stopped when I forgave because I could could feel different. When you have unforgiveness in your heart and you got a hatred, anger, uh, all you feel is a black heart. When I forgave, truthfully, I feel better the following day in which the blackness had left, which was the the bondage, right, or the negativity. Uh, And I feel different in which the negative that was bonding didn't want to give up on keeping me bonded. So they came at me one more time, but I was already awakened spiritually, so they gave me an offer, the offer they gave me was, they wanted me to do one thing, and it was literally to take my life, and I was like, wait a moment, you're lesser than me, you're, you're already being casted down, so I said first of all, and they're, they're trying to threaten me, they said they were going to come after my son, I said, look, my son is being protected by the Heavenly Father, uh, second of all, I take authority over you in Jesus Christ's name, I tie by and rebuke you in Jesus Christ's name, when I did that that was the last time that the things were happening to me in the earth's it stopped. I was getting attacked physically and spiritually by these unseen forces. Everything stopped. So when that happened, I already knew that Jesus Christ was with me. And that's why I do these things that I do now, because I know how great Jesus Christ is. And I know these unseen forces, it doesn't matter what genre we can talk about. I know they're afraid of Jesus Christ. I ran into a reptilian. Um I was walking down the, the highway of where I used to live in Elms Grove. I seen pebbles flying from behind me in front of me. I was like, Well, that's a lot of pebbles. When I turn around, I seen this this tall, tall guy running at me kind of awkwardly. The way he was running wasn't human like. And I stopped, I pulled my guards up, you know, I was paramilitary, got my guards up, and I said, What's what's going on? And I was I was ready to fight, you know. And he stopped and looked at me, didn't say nothing. You know, he's looking at me. I said, what's going on? Uh, You you made me, uh, you triggered my senses. What's up? And all he said, I said, what's your name? And he said, Indiana. So he came walking parallel to me. I didn't want to give him my back. So I made sure he was walking parallel to me. And we started walking. He wasn't saying nothing to me. We started walking side by side. And as we were crossing the bridge, I believe we went into a time warp of sort in which time there was no time, and everything was going real slow motion. The cars were going slow, we were moving slow, and he was still standing beside me. And I could see this translucent being brothers. They looked like uh, like owls, but they're translucent. You could see the red eyes, and they were jumping in from the from the bridge into the vehicles, going in through people. I don't know if they were they were uh, feeding off their their spirit or what, but they were going through people that were passing in the cars, and as we crossed the bridge. Everything became full motion. Like time came back to reality. So this guy, you know, that he called himself Indiana, was still walking beside me, but he wasn't saying nothing. So I turned around and faced him because there was a store there that we were in the driveway. And I reached out to his hand and I grabbed the sand. When I grabbed the sand, I said, uh, "It was nice meeting you, Indiana." I noticed his fingers. They feel weird, long, something scaly. And I'm looking at him. And as I'm looking at him. I start using my love foundation. And as I'm using my love foundation. I could see the skin crack in his face. And I could see green. scaly things underneath his skin. And when he smiled at me. I could see sharp teeth. And I'm grabbing. Him, and I'm using my love foundation. Radiate out of me. As it's radiating out of me. And I start praying within myself. The Our Father. He lets go. When he lets go. He just looks up to the sky and looks down at me, turns around and walks away. I believe he was a, a reptilian, or, you like I said, this unseen forces, these demonic beings—they have—they—they they can uh, have the abilities to to manifest into anything. So it's about the belief factor, right? So it's like you can't really believe it's reptilian. You don't want to believe it's demonic. You just know that whatever it was. Was afraid of when I said the Our Father, I started calling upon Jesus Christ to assist me. He was afraid of that, that it broke its disguise. But I witnessed this,
0: and you and you've had these experiences throughout your life, and so it is those experiences that build a man. You know, they uh, build a person. They, it's the experience in life. But do you also believe that you're born with a certain purpose? Yes, I, I believe so. Uh, the balance knows
1: when somebody's born with a purpose. I believe the balance was trying to take me out when I was a kid, and throughout my life, it's 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 been happening. But I know at the same time, uh, God has protected me. The angels have protected me, and they continue to protect me. You know, uh, I'm here for a reason, and the reason that I that I'm being used is to try to awaken my brothers sister spiritually. At the same time, there's i see forces that come up against me daily. Like if, if you notice the photos that are placed on the short reels, they come at me daily. Also, I have people that come at me in a negative way daily, but that's that's normal to me. That's nothing new. This it's not it's, it's been like this all my life. So it, it's something that I'm used to, but it's about what you allow in your heart. So that's why I'm a Timala Foundation and I deflect the negativity. Uh, I could show anybody that skeptic that doesn't believe of what I might be saying, I could take you to the location of Elms Grove or to where I go and you can witness it for yourself. Now anybody that's skeptical, but like I said before, I don't want nothing to happen to anybody and nobody that that might have a spiritual opening to get bonded or spiritually attacked where they they start having health issues or it follows them to their house. You know, I want nothing to happen to nobody, but you know that's that's what normally happens within the balance. It's about if you if you're really spiritually prepared. Uh, when uh, one of the apostles was told not to go to the the foreign country, the foreign land, he went. He came back possessed. That uh, Jesus Christ had to rebuke the demons out of him. So some people are not spiritually ready to go into an area that might be demonic infested. Then they might not be spiritually prepared, so they might get spiritually attacked, uh, But the, what I'm doing is something different. I'm trying to catch the photos, the images or, or short wheels of how they come at me in a negative way. Then they're not coming to talk to me. They're coming to, to attack. So people can know what's at stake. You know, well, well, they, they will see me as a threat when I'm trying to do good. They're trying to, they see me as a threat because I'm trying to awaken my brothers and sisters spiritually. So that's why I capture all the images that I capture. It's, it's kind of overwhelming sometimes because uh, last time that I went out there, something jumped on me, and they tried to bring me down, brother. It felt very heavy, that I felt pain right off the bat on my on my left side where I could feel like a lot of weight on me. So as soon as that happened, I said, I talked in of Jesus Christ's name, and I got out of there. It's been like two weeks. And I haven't gone back. <laughs> but it, it happens that way, you know.
0: Sure. And, again, a lot of people don't realize there's such a uh... – a deluge of people that are, you know, going into allegedly demonically haunted houses and things like that. And I, you know, when I was a kid, I stayed at a friend's house and went back to my parents' house and this thing followed me because I was hearing this whispering at my friend's house and then I heard it again over at my parents. So whatever it was followed me. Or I could hear it from there. I don't know how it works, you know? All I know is I had that experience. So I don't doubt your experiences. I I've heard a variety oh. of them throughout my life you know so obviously something is going on
1: you know oh yeah uh, when they know they know what i'm that i'm that i'm spiritually gifted so they come and and uh try to mess with me they'll they pretend to be a female they'll pretend to be a, a kid by making noises or they pretend to be animals making animal sounds grunt sounds uh bird sounds sometimes I whistle like a person or sometimes you can hear somebody laughing you know or they cuss at me. <laughs> so when they start cussing and I still f- feeling surrounded and all my senses start kicking in and I'm, and they're letting me know there's something, there's a presence around me that's not good. That's when I go into spiritual mode in which I start tied by the rebuke Jesus Christ name, because I don't want nothing to spiritually attack me. So I have to bring Jesus Christ into the picture to be able to get out of that environment. You know, um, uh, through those works, I have, uh, I found a truck. I have the video where I found a truck it's on spiritual encrypted encounters on YouTube and on my on on Facebook where i, I was putting a I put into that where people tell me you need to take a weapon in there because of the Bigfoot or the diamond my army and I was trying to show people that it's more of a spiritual thing so I took a selenite sword with me in there and I got the selenite sword as soon as I walked into the path it's like my life you broke so I came back into you now I had a. he came back and I said that but my life would have got interrupted. So I walked in there with the, sword, the Selenite sword. And if it, I, I felt engulfed right off the bat, like something was trying to prevent me from, from moving on forward. So I said, I'm going to go in there with no fear. You know, I know Jesus Christ with me. So I kept on walking. And that's where I encountered a truck. I went up to the truck. It was a green truck. The windows were down. I could see a wallet in there and the keys in the ignition. And I was around the vehicle and I was yelling to see if anybody was there. But nobody would respond. So I walked maybe, like, another 200, 400 meters into the woods, and I found, a, like, a little campsite out there. And there was a tarp, and I was looking around, and I was asking, is there anybody out there? But nobody was saying nothing. So when I was walking out, you know, people that were viewing the video were like, hey, man, I see something there. You need to get out of there. You need to get out of there. Tell me to get out of there because I've seen things. So, I, you know, I didn't – I left the fear factor out because I was feeling overwhelmed. So I, I, I prayed within myself. So I got to walk out of there, and I went to the parking lot. So I'm in the parking lot. So I called the, the Temple Police Department. I called the p- police department. I told them that, uh, there's a uh, truck in the woods that I will wait there for them. I waited for about two hours. and never showed up. So I, I went to my house, and then they called me and asked me if I would give them the coordinates to where this truck was. So I gave them the coordinates. For the weekend passes by, and on the Monday morning, they said that they that a body was located of a person that was missing for two and a half months. Uh, A person had been missing for two and a half months, and this person that was missing for two and a half months was found there in that location where, because that was his truck. Till this day, I haven't, I believe I got, I I got placed spiritually so this person could be found. But to this day, I don't know what the cause of death was. Uh, But I'm just glad that his body was found that he was able to be placed in holy holy ground. So his soul could rest. Uh, but yes, I've always uh <laughs> believe the Heavenly Father placed me there to to find this individual
0: so he can be placed in holy ground. Wow. I mean there's so many experiences you could, I mean obviously you have your own Yeah, I have the uh,
1: video and everything, you know. Maybe I might make a shorter shorter version of it where I run into the truck so people could see. Then I have uh, pictures of the guy, you know, when he was missing. Uh, pictures of when they were still looking for him. Then when they they located his body, and then they have a a picture of when they had his funeral. And uh, on my video, I got the truck uh, on his missing on uh, the missing person where he was missing. He's got his truck with his license plate number, and I have the screenshot of my video where it's got the license same
0: license plate number as the missing person's truck. Wow. I, I, um, I, I could, I'd like to have you back again, you know, because I, what I want to do is um, I really appreciate this. this is every episode with you has been a fantastic. And uh, I, I have another, I think I have another con- concept I'd like to cover in another episode, if that's okay with you.
1: Oh, hey, brother, I, I'm here, brother. You know, I really appreciate you inviting me, having you, uh, giving me the time. Uh, I could, I could feel something spiritually within you. When I seen you there, you know what I didn't get to talk about was at the VA when they sent me into the that, the that, uh, that big old uh, what do you, MRI room that's like a big magnet. They have them. They have two of those those buildings outside the VA. They sent me in there and to do a test, and I've never been into one of these big uh, MRI things. It was huge, and this was something different. Uh, they were making loud sounds, and la- the lights were flickering. I didn't know what they were trying to do. So I'm in there, and I, I could feel like as my spirit left my body. But then I was able to come back in my body, and they were seeing this because I could see them. So next thing you know, they're telling me, are you okay? Are you okay? And I come out, and they told me I got up real slow, and I was telling them that it felt like my spirit left my body, and I came back into my body, and they're just looking at me. They're just looking at me and they tell me to take my time. Uh, But what they were actually doing with this, this, this device was they were trying to trigger a seizure and I didn't know that they were trying to trigger a seizure, which I believe they did. But the, the question about that is why would my spirit leave my body to come back into my body? What were they really trying to do? Wow. That's that's something that that I don't understand. What what were they trying to trigger a seizure? When I'm already on medicines for, for epilepsy, why were they trying to trigger a seizure? Were they trying to to see if I had a seizure or were they trying to see if I could have a series seizure that's gonna kill
0: me? Well, I mean, considering all of the experiments that they've done over the years and reading about everything from Holmesburg Prison experiments to MK Ultra. Um, and even way back into things that were happening during World War II, uh, these are, I mean, these these are some really evil, brutal, you know, almost insect-like ways of thinking. You know, they don't care. They don't care about how you feel. They don't care about what the consequences are. It's only for their goal and whatever strange, you know, esoteric goal they have in the midst of it. But it's just brutal and it's evil. What we would all define evil.
1: And yeah. yeah. I believe so, brother. Uh, I know in the Army they used to say we're the government's property and we're guinea pigs. Well, I believe, you know, since I'm a veteran still, I'm still kind of like a guinea pig because they're doing this running experiments on me like that. And that's not right, especially when they know I already have seizures. And I've, I've had, you know, seizures for since a long time, but it's recorded, documented that I have them. Uh, that they're doing running this this, this test to me it's kind of like why would they run a test to trigger a major seizure on me I don't understand was it because they already know I have seizures was it to take me out <laughs> you know like to see my spirit leave my body and then he came back in my body because uh, that's one thing I have a strong spirit because Jesus Christ is with me uh, but maybe their their goal was to take me out that day but I uh, if they try to give me another one of those tests, I will refuse. I will not do it again. I know uh, you were doing some experiments like that with uh, that helmet that you were talking about. That's I why. was, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I just talked about it on this little web series I'm doing, and um, it was on an episode of my show, Strange World, that came out in 2019. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, all that stuff was very real. I I uh, I experimented with it twice. I have it here, but I haven't touched it since. And um, I mean, it's interesting that that Dr. Persinger was looking into this stuff to see if there was a heavy uh, geomagnetic or electromagnetic field that inspired that. You know, it's uh, so. In other words, like I'm not saying the stuff isn't real, and I don't think he was either. I think what he was saying was, if you could measure something, there might be a, a, a a strong magnetic charge in the area when it's happening and at least they can determine and say well these areas have the you know the places that you you went to that have a lot of activity or the the most haunted places yes strong right. electromagnetic or geomagnetic bermuda triangle so, is right. the one of
1: them bermuda triangle uh i understand where you're coming from with that you know i believe that you know that certain areas uh it has to do with elevation possibly also, you know, it depends on your high elevation, low elevation to the ocean, you know, uh the limestone can cause magnetic uh that's one thing that I've witnessed, brothers and sisters, uh brothers and sisters for is that this disembodied this demand and phylum. they do use a source of a magnetic magnetic energy. And when they come at you, these are some of the symptoms that happen. Your senses will kick in in which all your hair stand up from your arms, sometimes from your head, they'll stand up. And that's when you know they're around you. And then you start hearing all this, this things. It's kind of like your, your, your dimension and their dimension is crossing with each other. And that's when you know they're around. So, uh, but there, I always feel a magnetic disturbance around me when that happens, when they're around. They bring that to the table and wish the magnetic uh inference is so strong at times it makes you want to pass out. And I believe in the past it's dropped me to the ground where I have passed out and blacked out in the middle of the woods. Not not of a lately, but when I was in Elms Grove where it made me pass out, I had no energy. Uh this 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 uh, young gentleman found me, he was coming from school, found me in the woods, laid it out on the ground, I had gone to the store. My energy had gotten sapped, and uh, it took me like 30 minutes just to wait, walk a hundred, uh, like 200 meters to my house because all my energy was gone, you know, uh, but that the young boy helped me get a, get out of the woods. Um, but it can be that strong that you'll lose all your strength. So that's why I always tell people, you have to be spiritually prepared before, during and after. Because they do have that ability. It's kinda like a like a form of a possession, you know, when when somebody gets possessed or they get they get they're being used, there's gotta be something for them to enter your body, you know, they something there's gotta be some kinda of opening. But it's not a good feeling when you get your energies up. It takes me sometimes a week, two weeks, this t best time two weeks just to recuperate. Uh and sometimes uh they do come to my house. Because they'll make noises outside and they want me to go out but I don't go outside. I keep my house blessed. Uh but they have those capabilities. Uh that's why I told you, brother, I don't think you wanna mess with that that magnetic stuff because it's opening your mind, but at the same time it opens up other things that are around well, Oh yeah,
0: I, I like I said, I used it. Uh, once for a loading phase, and once, and I haven't touched it since 2019. So there's, you know, it's sitting here, but I don't, you know, it's not it, plugged
1: in. What, uh, what, what, what are uh, symptoms, or what? How did it affect you? Uh, well, might ask.
0: Yeah, I, um, I've always had vivid dreams, and I've had psychic experiences, and I've, uh, you know, nothing to an extreme. Uh, but I've had them, and I've recognized them, and I've seen a couple of things here and there. And like I said, it's not every day. It's 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 once or you know, to three times in my lifetime that I've experienced something really profound like that. But when I use this thing, it um, it enabled me to when I even slightly start falling asleep, I'm literally in a vivid dreamscape. It and it has been since then. Even if I'm just dozing off a little bit, it happens and um it make me more psychic. I don't like again, I don't think it ha- I think I remain the same as I was. My perception is strong, you know it's been since I was a kid, but um I think for the most part that the ability to have those that lucid dreaming almost immediately. Is is the major result from it for
1: sure? Do, do you have the ability, like when you're having a, a bad dream or a well, people we call it a pesadilla, where, or uh, what people call uh, what do you call it? Uh, what do you uh? It's when you're asleep and you can see everything around you. What what's the name of that? Uh,
0: yeah, I had that experience actually the other night. Literally, uh, closing I had a, my eyes, out of body funny.
1: experience where you can see everything around you. Do you oh. have? the capability to be able to get out of it, like to be able to get out of that situation.
0: Consciously. I don't even know if I'm trying at, at the time it's happening, you know, you're just kind of there. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely something I'd like to talk to you about on another Yeah, we can do that brother. Or uh, we can talk about, I got, I got a lot of, a lot of that to talk to you about.
1: Well, I really appreciate you, brother for, for having me on here, brother.
0: Likewise, brother. I, I I appreciate every minute of it. It's fantastic. Each each chapter is just great, and I, I was getting ideas on how to do another one. But give me a give me a little outro here. What do you want to say to the people on your way out? What would you tell them? You know, our existence is very complicated, and if you were to just to, to simplify it, and I know it's tough, into just a a wish. Or a blessing, or a, a well wishing. What would you say to the audience?
1: I would. I would say uh, to anybody here that's viewing or listening is always follow your heart. Uh, your heart will guide you uh, because there's some a higher power controlling you. You know, so go with your instincts. Uh, when you have a love foundation, it becomes that stronger. That that instinct becomes that stronger where Jesus Christ inter- intervenes and helps you out through situations that might not be understandable because people might not believe what you're going through, but he understands. So he's going to guide you how to get out of the situation. That's where you get your wisdom and knowledge from. And of course, if you wind up in a situation and you're alone, just remember you're never alone because he's with you. And if it, it gets to the point that you feel danger around you of, of the unseen, right? you could always call upon them and you you can say, I tie by and rebuke you in Jesus Christ's name. When you say that to whatever is coming at you spiritually, you're going to see the quick effect of that because when you're saying it, you're saying it out of true faith and true belief, then you're going to awaken spiritually. But number one, always maintain the love foundation and forgive brothers and sisters because it will make your love foundation that stronger.
0: to the witch. I'm your host, Christopher Garitano, and I want to thank you for joining the conversation tonight. As dark as our lives could possibly get, there's always one way or another, an opportunity to ascend to the light. Perhaps that's part of the journey. I know many of you have considered that, and perhaps that's how we learn. Until next time.